welcome to the Super Movie Ball bonus stage. Hey, what's going on guys? It's Mac here, and I'm Sans Peter, as they say in the Latin, but Peter's not here, it's just me, but I'm not alone. I've got with me a guest today from the podcast, the Star Wars podcast, Grandma Talking. I've got Jacob Kreitzer. Jacob, how you living? Hey, I live in large, as you can see by our <laughs> tiny apartment that we're recording in. This is a very nice apartment. I don't know what you're saying. It's really great. I mean, by the, like, kind of Columbus, Ohio, hey, star of Ready Player One, Columbus, Ohio, standards, yeah. uh, it's not bad. <laughs> you're not but living for, in a trailer stacked on other We're trailers. not living in the stacks. You're not living in the stacks. We're, I mean, we're living in the flats. You could conceivably stack all of these apartments on top of each other if you really wanted to. <laughs> it's really quiet over here. That's what I like. That is actually very true. Isn't it very quiet? It's a safe place. Yeah. Good. I'm a liberal. I like my safe spaces. <laughs> hey, no politics. No, this show, you save that for Grandma off talking. So, <laughs> if you guys haven't made the connection yet, his podcast mate is Riley, who we recently just had a couple episodes with. So, mm. it's great to have him on the show here. I've been wanting to have him, and I made fun of him for not coming on the show before Riley. But it's true. <laughs> My feelings were deeply hurt. And by the way, I would apologize, but that's a uh, grandma talking thing, and I, we don't do that on this show. No, we. I and I will say that any apology that we make on grandma talking is is pretty tenuous at best. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So if you guys don't know, by the title of this show, we're going to be talking about Ready Player One. You know, we just kind of shoot from the hip, so I'm just going to talk about it because Riley, or Riley. <laughs> wow, I'm leaving that in. I mean, I do look exactly Jacob. like him. Yeah. Sorry. Jacob, Jake. I don't know how you could possibly us, have got us confused. I don't know how I got you confused. No. All you white guys look alike. I know, right? <laughs> white guys with brown hair and glasses. So Isaac over here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, Jake wanted me to go first. Someone go first because I read the book. So I have like a different perspective. Warning. Warning. Spoiler. Dealer. I am spoiler protection edict widget. Force you for short. You have been warned about the delicious spoilers coming your way. So bask in spoiler country you have cluelessly wandered into. Baby, 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 baby. Overall, I think this we're going to go spoilers on this, right? We have to, to talk about this. Yeah, I guess we could start spoiler-free. But, I mean, it's been out long enough that I think that yeah, people it's... would say. And also, I don't feel like there's any humongous twist that would be like, you would your experience with the movie wouldn't be ruined by having it spoiled. Because that's not really, it's not a plot-driven movie. It's really not. Yeah. It's really not. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of spoilers in there. No. I read the book by Ernest Cline. It's, I like it. It's a YA book. It's cute. Yeah. And it's fun. It is nothing like the movie. This is what I've heard. It's nothing like the movie. The book is so much better. I think a lot of people don't like the premise of the book because it's like, oh, great, it's pop culture reference, the book. Who right. cares? But the book is a lot more fun because of the world that it puts you in and of the characters, and you get really involved with that. And you become it's, – it's a cute book. It's a fun book. It's not cute in the, the condescending way, but it's cute in the sense of – you really care for this, and you care that the characters are having fun in this world, and they are going on this adventure. But the movie, I would say, my overall opinion of it is it's fine, 
to not good. Like, okay. Because it's Steven Spielberg. I mean, his worst movie is, like, better than most. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Like, Can we do a brief tangent? What do you think is his worst movie? Oh, man. Steven Spielberg's worst movie is probably a movie called 1941, I think, or 1942. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. It's got, I haven't. I know what it is. It's got John Belushi in it. Is that true? Yeah. It's got John Belushi. John Belushi? Yeah. The, um, may you rest in peace from SNL alum. John Belushi's in it. Not Jim Belushi, not his brother, but John, you know, from Animal House and Blues Brothers and all that. And uh, oh, I guess I only ever think of the bad Belushi now. That's the see, that's good what, Belushi is in 1941 good Belushi. or two. We're it's, not I think sure. It's, I think it's 1942. I, I haven't. I should have connected to your Wi-Fi, but I didn't. But I can check it on my phone. I can help you out. I here. think it's 1942. I think that's probably his worst movie. And the worst thing about that movie is that it's kind of boring. Um, it's supposed to be a comedy, and it is sort of funny in parts. But I remember watching it as a kid and being like, "This is not." I'm thinking it's 1941. That's, is it 1941? Because it's a 1942 okay. movie. It comes up. I with can't remember nothing. the name of it. Yeah, it comes up with Casablanca and To Be and Not to Be. Movies were released in 1940. It's 1941. It's 1941. Okay, I couldn't remember. That's probably his worst movie, as far as I'm concerned. Came out in '79. Looks like. Um, I mean, if you look at all of his movies, even his uh, student film that he had, um, which I can't remember. The Duel. Name. Duel. It's pretty good. That's a made-for-TV movie, actually. That never even made it into theaters. Is that initially. true? That's a made-for-TV movie. Boy, if made-for-TV movies that were that good, they now. used to be. They used to be. Uh, and I sound like an old man, but that's the thing. The funny thing is, Jake and I are from Columbus, Ohio. The Stacks. We are from the Stacks, in the deep part of the Stacks. You know the who else is from Ohio? The fastest-growing city in the world, still. It is. Do you know who else is from Ohio? Uh, Steven Spielberg. He's from Cincinnati. Is that true? Yes. I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so he's from Ohio. So he's an Ohio boy. So the, the author of the book is from Ohio. Uh, the director's from Ohio. We're from Ohio, so we should talk about this with some authority, but we're not because we're just some guys. But that's probably his worst movie because, honestly, you look at this and it's like Empire of the Sun. That's a great movie. Schindler's List, Color Purple, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, Munich, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, The Post, Jurassic Park, AI... War of the Worlds. I'm going to give you my take for worst Spielberg movie, Jurassic Park 2. Okay, see, here's... Oh, that's a bad one. That's a real bad one. I think objectively not a good movie. It's not a good movie. That's a real bad one. That's a misfire on his part. And I can't believe he directed that. He did direct that, didn't he? I completely forgot. I had to double check because I I thought maybe it would be like a uh, Jurassic World situation where it's just shot to look like a Spielberg movie. But no, it really was directed by him. Wow, that's bad. That's a good choice. I can't argue with that one. Good choice for a word. Well, I mean... I'm going to say... That's a watchable movie, though. It's watchable. Competing with worst Spielberg movie... Is Ready Player One? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you want to talk about it. No, but, you go ahead. You you, you finish. So up. my initial impressions. Um, I'm gonna leave the book stuff out of it until we talk about it later because it, it'll definitely come into play because okay. that's my experience of viewing the movie. But it's a paint by numbers movie. It's pop culture reference, but it's not even current co- pop culture. It's pop culture from the 1980s. It's pop culture reference the movie. Yes, that's the problem with the movie. Is that. It's not so much that it's referencing old stuff. You can reference old stuff, but it doesn't take it anywhere. I don't I don't feel ownership of it. Like everything in the book and everything in the movie I love. It's stuff I grew up with. The music that right. they talk about, the games they talk about, the movies they talk about. It's all stuff eighties kids love. But here's the thing, you can't just say it's not 
the Big Bang Theory. You just can't say, hey, remember Star Trek? And everybody just starts laughing. That's not how things work. <laughs> oh, you know my I mean? God. I said the same thing when I walked out of the theater. I, I was like, this is Big Bang Theory interpretation of nerd culture. It where is. it's like, do you know the thing? This is the thing. You that's like this thing because it has the things you like in it. That's the joke. Or yeah. that's the thing. Isn't that great? And you're like, right. well, yeah, I remember that. But what's your point? Like, you yeah. have to say, hey, remember that situation that's like this? Remember when Kirk and Spock did this? And that's kind of... That is still very geeky, but yeah. at least you're trying to associate it with something else in the story or the, with the characters. Can I give you a, a, a version of this that I think is good? Go ahead. Is uh, Stranger Things, which is a highly 80s-inspired thing. It, it, it's 80s aesthetic. It constantly references 80s things, but... So and, I, and it's also heavily referential to Spielberg. Yes. Almost constantly. Oh, yeah. But it feels like its own story. The characters are great. It's genuinely uh, frightening and exciting and thrilling. And this is none of those things. And it is a Spielberg <laughs> movie about, like, about the 80s, full of 80s things. It's because he's done with the 80s. He doesn't care. It was work that he did and he's proud of and he's done with it. I felt like... He did this because it's like, cash grab, we can do this. It's not something that was challenging for him. It was mostly CGI. I know, and I'm, I'm. Hey, as a Star Wars fan, I'm always hesitant. What to say, like to to dig a director for relying too much on CGI? It's, that's but not what's wrong with this movie. I'm not saying it, that. No, but okay. I I felt the same way. Where I I did think that um, I don't know, like just, just to get into my feelings on it. Right. I hated this movie. I it's been that a long time. Totally it's been a long time since I've viscerally disliked the movie because I generally now I used to just see everything that came out yes and now that I don't want to do things as much like I, I don't have a desire to like leave my you're, house as you're much getting old is what that is. I, I'm getting old I have carpal tunnel and I'm married <laughs> and I I don't know what carpal tunnel has to do with sitting still and watching a movie but in my mind those things are related yeah. I so I used to just see everything now I just see the things I want to see and so usually I know that I'm going to like something because I've I've done enough research into thinking that this is a good idea to go to the movies and see this thing. And uh, this... So were you taking a chance on this movie? Or I actually it? was because... But I, I love Spielberg. He's probably my favorite director. Okay. So I felt like, well, what's the real big risk here? And it, <laughs> me and my wife saw <laughs> wait, this... Wait, 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 wait. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It, I think it was pretty simple. I'll repeat it for you. <laughs> no, no, no. No, me and my wife just kept... I, the interpretation of that is that I felt like it had been a long time since I had seen a big budget movie that was, from a storytelling standpoint, so completely useless. And it wasn't it wasn't ambitious either because I, as my co-host, know. Uh, I'm very forgiving of movies that are ambitious and trying to do interesting things but fail. I try to give like interesting directors the benefit of the doubt. But I will this, take that. Yeah. Not to interrupt. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Not to t I will take that over being ambitious and trying something and failing over just the same old crap. And that's – yeah. That, I think that was the problem was it wasn't really trying to do anything interesting – it had such a simple premise, and it was such a simple story, and yet it flubbed it so hard. Like, I understand why a movie like Batman v Superman, which was trying to be very ambitious, failed in many ways. Because it was trying to do a lot of really weird, deconstructive things, and it didn't 
work for a lot of people. But I, I, I think it's an interesting movie, and I didn't regret watching it. But this movie, I, I had a genuine hatred for it because it was such a, it <laughs> was tell, there man. was a cynicism to it. It didn't seem to have any genuine love for the things that it was referencing. Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't deconstructing them. No. I, let me give you the thing that. See, I thought that's what it was gonna do. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna tell you the, the moment where I truly just like wanted to spit on this movie was. <laughs> wow. Where you really hate this movie. It's the more like, I think about it, the more I disliked it. Yeah. And I'll talk about the things that were good about it because. Yeah. This is a movie that a lot of people really like, and I I can totally understand why somebody would like this movie, because it's just, it's fun. I guess not for me, but there. It's it's striving to be a fun movie. It's there are fun things that it dangles in front of you there, along the way. There's fun moments for me, and there are fun moments. I think there I are think moments fun that are moments good in general. There are moments that are good. To the thing that really killed it for me, the entire movie was the very end of the movie. To get into spoilers, Ugh. this entire adventure about you know, that involves playing video games, and, and the entire society runs on this game. Like the economy revolves around it. Yeah, and people, you know, it, it shows people abandoning their families, neglecting their children so they can be a part of this game world. And it's really interesting. And I thought, as like Minority Report, maybe my favorite Spielberg movie, one of my favorite sci-fi movies. And That's it's a such really a... It's movie. a really weird choice for favorite Spielberg movie. But it's Why? really... I don't know. It's not like Close Encounters or E.T. or Jaws, but... See, I think that's a deeply underrated movie. Close Encounters has never done that, done oh, anything for me. Well, I disagree, all. but we won't start on that. We won't start on that, but, but that's okay. Like Minority Report, really delved into intriguing concepts that it brought up. Like it introduced a really interesting thing of your somebody's eyes being scanned, right? Somebody's eyes—that's how you're identified—is right. things constantly scanning your eyes. So it took that to the nth degree. It, when you walk into a store, it recognizes you and your past purchases, and it tries to sell, to sell things to you, which is very prescient with how technology works now. And it does that for security reasons, right. so that if there's a criminal, they can immediately be tagged. And so he, when this guy wants to go on the run, he has to get his eyes removed and replaced by somebody. So That's awesome. All of these things, right, all of these like little things. And then at the end of it, it gets into the ethics of the future crimes and all this stuff. But this movie which presents all these really interesting scenarios, it gets to the end of it, our hero wins the game, uh -huh. and the whole thing leads to, okay, because you won my game, you get access to the only button that can destroy the game. And I was like, oh, this actually might have been a really cool movie all along. Because what it seems to be leading to is this kid will realize what a destructive thing this game is and how it's destroying society and what he does is and, and they he almost accidentally hits it and the movie treats it like oh what a terrible thing it would have been if he accidentally turned off the game and right. I was like wait what are they doing and then just in an ending montage he's like I decided to turn off the game on Tuesdays and Thursdays people need to spend more time outside anyway bye and that was the end of the movie and it didn't explore that interesting thing it brought up at all okay alright I just I'm, I'm not this is gonna sound rude but are you done <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Always what, a question worth asking. No, with me. I don't. I don't know if you're if you're finished or if you have more to say. Uh, I have a lot more to say about the movie, but that's done with that point. Okay. So you brought up some really great points. I can't argue with any of them because they're they're completely true. They're completely valid and true. Here's the thing. In the book, the book is not all that well written. I'll just say <laughs> this that. is all I've heard about it. I enjoy the book. I think it's great. I think it's fun. 
Yeah. But there are some ideas that are abandoned, and there are some ideas in there that aren't fully fleshed out. There's some ideas in there that are just like, he's kind of cheating, where it's like, um, oh, well, I did this thing, but, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I had planned ahead of time and did that. Uh, well, you got to uh, tell us that beforehand. Yeah. In the book, in the in the story sense, you kind of overlook it, and it's fine. You're just like, well, that's kind of cheap, but that's, yeah. that's fine. I'm not, we're we're going to move on. The the world that it paints is a better picture. And this is the problem that I have with the movie. This is the biggest problem. It doesn't tell you that basically the Oasis is the Internet 2.0. That you work on the Oasis. Like if you have a job, you, you, you your job is on the Oasis. You have you go to school. People don't go to physical schools anymore. You go to school on the Oasis. And he does right. that in the book. That was not explained well in the movie. It's explained yeah. as like it's Call of Duty and everybody likes it, or it's like the PlayStation <laughs> Network. That's how it's thing. Yeah, that or it's, was uh, yes. Xbox Live or it's Steam, whatever. Like that's how the movie paints it. In the book, it's like no, it's the internet. It's everything we connect with now. Yeah, so you socialize on the internet. You play on the internet. You mm-hmm. purchase things on the internet. Every, you we, everything. Everybody knows everything we can do on the internet. Well, that's what the Oasis yes. is in the book. You're right. That and was that's, that's a big part of the story in the book. That's so funny, and because that does not translate at all. No, in the movie, they don't explain it really. They sort of do, but not enough. There's a moment that happened, uh, kind of midway through the movie, where our boring white Joe Schmo protagonist, what's his name, <laughs> Willy Wonka, it has like a W. Wade name. Watts. Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Which I and I was annoyed by the even the conceit of like my dad named me uh, like a alliterative name because I wanted to sound like a superhero. In the book, it's more of like a whimsical thing. Like, yeah, like it's it's paint it's everything's painted better in the book. That's not a flaw. I just didn't like it. But okay, it is in the movie. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't play well in the book. It's fine. Yeah, I, in the I book, agree. It's like my parents wanted to name me. I don't know. It's it's like if yeah, you had a weird last name and your parents like like okay, my last name. Well, I haven't ever told anybody what my last name is. I'm not going to tell you that. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, don't no. do it. Don't do it. They'll it's find you. It's kind of like Kanye West, and yeah. now he named his kid Northwest. <laughs> it's like whimsical like that to me. Yeah. in the book, but in the movie, it doesn't play well. Yeah the the thing like Wade. It's not Wade West. <laughs> what is it? Wade Wade Watts. Watts. Yeah. Now I'm the only can think of Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West's son, Wade Watts, in the movie. He, at a certain point, like, because he lives in the slums and uh, in the stacks, and he lives with, like, an abusive uncle and an aunt, and I'm not sure how we're supposed to feel about the aunt, but anyway. Yeah, that's another thing. Which I'm going to, I have a point about that later. But at a certain movie. point, like, you realize that the, the there's a moment where he goes home and he's not in the game anymore. He's just at home. Yeah. And the uncle's is being yelled at by the aunt because he's blew that month's rent on the game. And I was like, oh, they're trying to make they're trying to tell us that like the entire economy has run off of this game. But it, it wasn't until midway through the movie that that was even really brought out to make sense to me. Yeah, because exactly. So you're right. It's, a, it's, it's a supposed system. to be the internet, it but is. what it's what it feels like is Xbox Live, and it, right. it shouldn't be. It, it should feel more. Okay, let me tell you something. That this the thing that surprised me just coming from Steven Spielberg was just how poor the storytelling was from a filmmaking standpoint. He's such a brilliant visual filmmaker. Yes, one of the best of all time. And the beginning of the movie immediately set me on a. Like in an irritating mood because 
the narration was completely unnecessary. The way the movie starts is you see a boy, and he's in this crazy futuristic slumlord. It says Columbus, Ohio, 2045. He's not a slumlord. He's in the slums. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know what you mean. That's an important distinction. <laughs> he's a slum baby. Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> he's not Watto. He's Watts. Yeah, sorry. The, um, so he's climbing down this stack of apartments. And as he's climbing down, this was in all the trailers, the camera pans down and you see into these apartments. And you see everybody with goggles on miming things so you get the, and it looks like VR today so you, you see the idea so you see everybody is not living their life they're all playing this game they're in this slummy environment yeah. he is clearly living in a crappy place he doesn't like where he is in life he gets in this lonely little place where he lives and he puts on his goggles and all of a sudden he's in this amazing game world and you realize oh he's going to that's all those people that we just saw they were all in this game world right. and then you see Everybody competing for coins. You see him meet his best friend, and we can tell they're best friends because of the way they talk. Yeah. All of that was done visually, but the movie is like, my name's Wade Watts. My dad named me that because he wanted me to sound like I had a superhero name. <laughs> right now, I'm climbing right down through the stacks, which is a slum place in 2045. Now, I know we just showed you that on the screen, but I'm also going to tell you that. In okay, this world, I everybody plays that. a game. I hated that. That is awful. Everybody like, plays in the Exactly. Oasis. It was like, I'm describing my life right now. This is my I'm best friend. I just passed gas. Like, it was It was like that. It was it like... Was, it was bad. I. This is my best friend. You can tell because I just called him on the phone and we're talking like we're best buddies. Everybody competes for coins, which you knew because we just showed a bunch of coins being Everybody shot out of the screen. Everybody in this movie talks, not all the time, but when at certain points they don't talk like real people. No, at no point do they ever talk like real people. Yeah. And okay, I was also really confused. I think the thing that irritated me the most was the going back to Minority Report and AI. Like they went to such a de- like at such a exhaustive degree to show how the world had progressed in the intervening years between whenever the movie was made and the future. And it was a really well-developed, like, iterative technology. Like, nothing was so crazy different that you couldn't see how it could get there from now, which is why you watch a movie like Minority Report and you're like, that makes sense. That's almost kind of like what we have now. Yeah. It felt like an evolution of that, and it was such an exploration of that. And in addition to that, they had, like, new pop culture that had formed in the intervening years. Like, people had their own references. And in this movie, I was so confused because it seemed like all of pop culture stopped in yes. 1996 when the Iron Giant came out or whenever that movie came out. Like, that was the newest thing that existed was the Iron Giant. Well, I guess like Halo. There was Halo and Overwatch and the Iron Giant and they referenced GoldenEye. That's, yeah. And that's not even in the book, but whatever. But, uh, like, the basically they're saying for the next 27 years, nothing else happened after 2018. The only things that happened was in people the reference book, these same they things. They reference things, and then he also makes leaps in, like, um, like he talks about, like, PlayStation 5 and all this other stuff yeah. in the book. And he talks about other other things that have developed. They don't even go to that extent in this the, movie. In, on the internet, you yeah. know what I mean? This is the problem with that story. When I was reading it, I saw it not as our future i saw it as an alternative future in other words like a different timeline so the 80s have happened but this is like an alternative timeline and it's not exactly our history but it's very close to our history yeah in the book because in the movie 
I felt the same way. I'm like, so basically, I was like, well, tell me why a 15-year-old kid gives a crap about the 1980s. When I was 15 and it was, you know, 95 or whatever, I didn't care about, like, pop culture from the 1950s or the 60s or whatever. Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't care, but I knew about it and I was like, there's some cool stuff in it. Well, that's the thing. Like, yes, Stranger Things exists now and kids today like it. Because it's good, not because it's the 80s. Right. Adults who experience the 80s like it and they're like, ah, things are recognized. But but I like it because of the story and the characters. Yeah. And it's cool to be like, oh, yeah, I remember my friend had that TV or, you know, yes, I grew up playing that video game. Or I remember when houses used to look like that. Isn't that weird? Everything looks so old nowadays. By yeah. Comparison, it's old-fashioned now. But, like, I remember the time before cell phones and, and all that stuff, like, and the internet, and, and I remember that. But that's not, again, that's not why I like Stranger Things. It's a nostalgia yeah. trip, but it's also, I enjoy the kids' characters. I think they're genuinely good actors. I enjoy the story. I think it's fun and scary and has a sense of adventure that has been missing amongst um, like, pop culture today. Like blockbusters. Yeah. I want to see kids go on adventures and have fun and, and, and do crazy stuff that everybody can relate to not just kids from this time period but everybody i was um and that's what that's why stranger things works so well i try not to get bogged down in like plot holes of of movies and stuff first of all i'm not good at recognizing them like i i don't have an eye for that kind of thing so usually when i notice them it's pretty egregious but also when i see like the last jedi and i see people complaining about plot holes that, that they just weren't paying attention so i'm gonna say some things but keep in mind that i might be totally wrong and i might just not be paying attention by but the way, I, thought, I don't love this movie. It's I don't really like it actually. But no, it, I mean it's fine in the sense that it it's a it's trying to be a fun movie. Uh, and in my opinion, it does that, but it's not very good. It's very paint by numbers. It's very boring in spots. I mean, really boring. It's really not, and that that's kind of the biggest like issue with it is it's. I was so excited at the at the probability. Oh my god, I can't talk. At the possibility of Spielberg directing another kind of like adventurous blockbuster like he used to like that was a really exciting prospect but this movie didn't have any of the heart of his old movies it didn't have a sense of adventure it was so like forced and manufactured it didn't feel like he really meant it and i think it was because the only things that he really directed as a director were the things that took place in the real world and i actually thought all those parts were pretty cool and well done everything in the game world was really really CGI intentionally because it's supposed to look CGI because it's a game. But it also, you kind of knew that he didn't have that much to do to it. Like, he was just having a bunch of CGI artists do a bunch of things and he'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That looks like, <laughs> some, that looks like something I would do. And I, I don't know. That's that's not really the point. The, the issue with it is the storytelling. The plot holes, yeah. The, and not even necessarily the plot holes, but just like there were leaps that didn't make sense to me because uh, There's obviously from a storytelling yeah. issue. Yeah. Okay. One thing I kind of thought was a neat idea was that people were so upset because the entire plot of the movie is the designer of the game died and his dying words were there's a secret like trillion dollar prize to anybody who can find the three keys or five keys that I left behind. Yeah. You have to solve a series of puzzles. I'm not telling you anything about them other than that they're there. You got to find them. And so for years, everyone's looking for clues as to where the keys are in the game world. Right. And so they're, they're in the intrigue of this, especially when the game first started, they formed a, an entire library dedicated to information about the creator of the game to get some kind of clue. And so you, our main character is the kid, one of the few kids who still goes to the library. Everyone else has given up. And I liked that as a character detail. Yeah. And I liked the like librarian butler ask Jeeves robot who would help him out. 
at first. <laughs> and but here, okay, so here's a storytelling issue. He says that he goes to this library like every day for the last five years that people have been looking for clues. He goes in there and he's like, show me August 1st, 1983. And the butler's like, again, you've only checked that one out a million times. And he's like, well, I just, I think there's something there. And he's like, well, why don't I show you it? And then the butler walks him down this hallway and he's and explaining, explaining the it. concept like, of like the visual flat, like basically the creator of the game filmed every part of his life, which is why we can see the, the flashbacks. But he's explaining this. He's like, oh, the Wally Wilder, what's the guy's name? Halliday? What's his Wade name? Wade Watts. Wade Watts. <laughs> but what's the creator of the game? Like Tom Halliday or something? Holiday? Um, Halliday. I forget his Halliday. name. So he's like, Halliday filmed every day of his life to chronicle his future for generations. Well, and He's clearly explaining it for the audience of the film. But exactly. If you've seen it a thousand times... You don't you need an ex- explanation of it. That's what was it's, irritating me. It's like me. going to like go get gas in your car, and you're like, okay, you put the nozzle inside the thing. and Given that it's 2018, what we do in these <laughs> days is we put the nozzle in the gas hole, and we hit the button on the screen. And the like, only thing I could overlook that is that that's part of his like spiel he says every time anybody wants to see something. Maybe, but here's where you're wrong. But it's because it's, it's, it's not, not a automated. robot. Yeah, it's not automated. It's Simon Pegg's character. It's Simon's Okay, see, that's in the movie... He is just a 99th level wizard who can who has like that's all he given is given up on well well that's his character within the oasis oh, okay. like that's one of his avatars and he's given up on the oasis and he doesn't want any part of it anymore for a number of different reasons which I won't go into but mostly because but he's still a wizard dead, who lives in the his oasis his wife is dead oh. and that's what he wants and he he can enter other non-player characters because he has like basically admin rights. Yeah, yeah. So he at the end he like does that. do that, but it wasn't for the most the part. Time. It's like a non-player character that's just AI in the game in the Oasis. Yeah, because it, Oasis is it's really not a game. The Oasis is just it's the just internet. the internet. It's a new form of interactive internet. Yeah, that that's that was said, something that was not missing for me. Explained very well. It's not. It's, it, it started out as a game and became so much just, more. Yeah, and that. See, this would uh, as a miniseries, this could have had great potential. It could have been the new Stranger Things. You're right. This would have been a cool miniseries because and it, there's a lot of stuff lost in translation. Which one is weird? Because the writer of this book helped write the screenplay. The notoriously not very good writer of the book helped write a notoriously not very He's good. He's not screenplay. a bad writer. The problem is, is that when we, you just talked about Minority Report, and a good point to bring up is that look at the source material. The source material for Minority Report is Philip story. K. Dick. Yeah. Philip K. Dick is like one of the best science fiction writers ever, ever. Right, yeah. This guy is some dude who wrote a book. <laughs> yeah. You know what some I mean? Some guy from the stacks. It's, it's, I don't want to say the book is terrible because I genuinely like the book. A lot of people like the book. Some people say it's their favorite book, like grown people. A lot of it, people like Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't know what to tell you. Ugh, <laughs> not, uh, come on, guy. Come on, man. That's... Let's keep it clean. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no it, and I, I know what you mean. And you can like what you like, and I'm not going to judge you for it. But is it the best book I've ever read? No. Is it the best science fiction book I've ever read? N- no, not even by a mile. Not right. Even by several miles. But it was an enjoyable it's story. Enjoy- that but made it's an enjoyable story. So it's weird that when they translated this, because you do have to translate it from a book to film, because it's, it's not a one-to-one comparison at all when it comes to the story and the characters and everything that goes on. Yeah. In the book... It's just way more adventurous in the book. And it's you enjoy the characters more because you get more of their daily life as you go ahead. But I understand what you're saying by that. 
example because he's walking down that hallway and he's explaining how things exist even though he lives in this world. <laughs> yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. You don't need to explain can I, that. Can I tell you the, the like what one thing could have solved everything is not have it be said five years after that guy died. Like have it be said in the immediate aftermath of everybody trying to find these keys. That would have been way more exciting. It's way more exciting and it makes more sense. I think Reddit they, would have solved that problem and everything else on the internet would have solved that problem for let's find the keys in a week in one second because it wasn't even in a week the first thing you ever do in a racing game is go backwards like that's the that would be the first thing i would have thought of done that i mean come on every donkey kong country level you go backwards because a couple of them have shortcuts all the way to the end (laughs) exactly (laughs) anybody who plays video games and since this is a video game world they would have they would have figured that out in less than a week. They would have had all somebody would have had the keys in less than it would not have gone five years. I think so I agree. The... It should have been immediately after. In the book, here's the thing. In the book, it's like nowadays. Some people know about the eighties stuff. Like I all the all the references in the book, I knew exactly what it was. And there's a ton more in the book. But in the book they're more they're laid out a little bit more in a natural fashion. Here they're forced down your throat. And in the book, it's like thirty years ago. Kids don't care about 30 years ago. Yes. Only, only Wade is obsessed with Halliday, Halliday in the book. That, okay, see, that's... And there's other people, too, ah. but he's really obsessed with him because he just identifies with with the Halliday. Wade that doesn't does. come through in the film it at all. doesn't come through in the film at all. Yeah. And Halliday's worshipped, but like um, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg might be worshipped, that they're just like these tech giants. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like... Do you know everything about Bill Gates or, or no, Mark no. Zuckerberg or whatever? No, right. you don't. Elon Musk, like any of that. Do I don't know everything about them. Yeah, I don't. It'd be weird for everybody in the entire world to know everything about Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. In the yeah. book, there's like a, there's only like a certain amount of people. So when this co- contest came about, it's like okay, if you know, let's say this was in the '80s or whatever. In the 50s, you it would be hard for 80s kids to know every single thing about what's happening in the 50s. And in the book, that's what it's like. You're, you're talking about 30-year-old trivia and pop culture, and also the world is more dy- dystopian. So, like, people yeah. don't give a crap about 80s pop culture in the book. That was kind Only of the like issue. Only, a select few. So, if that was portrayed better in the movie, it, it would have made it a lot more sense for, like, why has this gone on for five years? So, in, yeah. in that I agree. In the movie, they should have changed that, like, he's been dead for, like, a month. That's a little bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. If it was like one month, I would, I would get it. But the challenges are that in the book, the challenges are different and a lot more difficult. Yeah, it was really. They're, they're not so easy in the in the as they are in the movie. I'm not, and I'm not trying to say like that this crazy movie about a video game world come to life is is unrealistic because it's <laughs> I don't care about that. But it's just like it felt it really, it felt really lazy. Yeah, it needs to be, make sense on its own terms, but it's also just felt really lazy. It. It didn't. Once again, there was no real love behind it. Like, the one really specific video game reference they tried to make made me cringe, which is one of like the his uh, his friend, the orc, who turns out to be uh, the girl from Master of None. What's what? I don't remember the like orc's name. Who's his best friend? Oh yeah, she is his uh, best friend from Master of None. The Aziz Ansari show. Yeah, H. Is that H? Oh, wait, that's her name, Matt. Okay. H is is the character in the Ready Player One. Okay, so H. Yeah. So, like, they're talking, and she's like, do you know... Obviously, everybody knows what Halliday's favorite GoldenEye loadout was. He's like, yes. Oh, oh. Slappers-only facility, odd (laughs) job. And it was like... 
I understand that that probably sounded like a like a crazy video game reference to somebody who's never played a video game before. But for me, that would be like, what's your favorite band? The the Beatles. The Beatles, man. Or it, you know what? Uh, here's a better best, example. What's, what's, here's a better example. Yeah. Is like she's a really quirky indie girl, man. She listens to Bell and Sebastian and the Shins. Like, whoa! <laughs> oh my god! What? Like that entry level. It's a stuff? really basic thing that if you yeah. googled interesting quirky thing about a person, it yeah. would come up. And right. it, it was just. It felt like. It seems Spielberg has no idea what that line means. Do you think right. he ever played GoldenEye 64? No, he doesn't care. None of that stuff made That's, like meant anything to him, except for one scene, which two, was the best scene in the movie. There's two problems. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree totally with actually everything you just said. Here's the two problems with this being lazy, and I agree that it is very lazy. Spielberg doesn't care. He's done with the 80s. He, he is the king of the 80s. Yeah. If he didn't direct awesome movies from the 80s, he produced them. He produced Back to the Future. He's friends with Robert Zemeckis. He produced The Goonies. He produced right? The Goonies. He, he, if he was involved, he's got his fingerprint all over the 80s. He's done with it. He's moved on. He wants to do stuff he wants to do. He did this because he thought it would be fun and he thought people might want to go see it. I think that's it. Yeah, he's like, people will like this thing. Yeah, he'll, they'll think <laughs> not it's Not, I like this thing. And I'm not, I don't want to make him sound like he's some greedy guy. I don't know Steven Spielberg, obviously. But I, I do, actually. And he was telling me that he, he did Steven not, he, he said, I hate this movie. <laughs> I didn't I like myself. making it. I I'm hate myself. It. No, he's, I just want money. I think he's like, this is going to be fun, a nostalgia trip for people, and it's going to be uh, something good for, like, current day. I'm sure his motives were pure, but I just don't think his but heart was in it. the other part of that is that the friggin' writer of the book... Wrote the screen, or he helped write the screenplay. Yeah, where's your heart, dude? You wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, the book is has so much heart in it and has so much love. Like you can say, okay, it's pop culture reference, the book, right? But he has inserted so much. There love was love into for this, it, yeah. And there's so much like detailed stuff in it, and there's so much. The characters are characters in the book. Yeah, they're not in the movie. Okay. I don't give a crap about Wade Watts in the movie. In the book, I care about him because there's stuff that's that that happens in there. Can I give I, you a hot take about what I think would have made this movie better, which is really weird? What? I think it might have been better is if in, instead of referencing like The Shining and Buckaroo yeah. Banzai and stuff, I, yeah. I would have liked it if they were going into other Spielberg movies. I would have liked it if this was kind of like Spielberg's um, like Dark Tower that like intersects all of the cool things that he's created. I, I would have liked it if E.T. was in the movie. Awesome, and, but I don't think he's interested in that. I know, but that would have... That would have... It would have... be like, oh, I'm stroking my own ego over here. I guess so. gross and weird. But if he, he doesn't... seems like a normal person. He's, he does. He does. I mean, for, I guess... For a Hollywood... A big-time Hollywood director. That's he a, seems that, like a normal person. He's like, I don't want to stroke my ego. You know who he loves? Kubrick. Yeah. That's why The Shining is in there. Which was a also really awesome it's Warner scene. Warner Brothers. Which, Wait, is a, which like they have the rights the best, to. <laughs> yeah. Which is... That was a really awesome cool scene. scene. That's like one of the best things in the movie. That was really cool, and it was impressive, because you're like, they really are seamlessly like integrating it these characters with the like movie. they were in that hotel. It was it creepy. Was it was It was really well done. And great. And I thought yeah. that the opening race was like incredible. I thought it was, it was probably fun. one of the cooler action scenes I've seen it, in a while. It was a lot of fun. It I was really it. fun. I really want to just rewatch that scene again. Yeah. I can't wait till it's on YouTube. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, I grew up watching King Kong, and... Uh, Jurassic Park. Those <laughs> were the lamest. Okay, if, if you're gonna have a bunch of cool references to stuff, make yeah. it Donkey Kong, not like King Kong. If you're gonna have a bunch of like cool video well, game see, stuff in there, it's not just. See, that's the problem with the movie is that everybody thinks it's just video game stuff. It's not. 
it's not just video game stuff in the Oasis. It's ev- it's everything from the eighties. Ev- yeah. The clothes, the hair, the music, the the food. You know that was popular at the time. What whatever it was, that's what's in the Oasis, and it doesn't come through in the movie. But no. it's great that they had those stuff in there. But what I was trying to say was that you know I remember Bigfoot and Back to the Future and the Akira bike. I've seen Akira. It's like one of the best animes I've ever. It's the first thing I've, an anime I've ever seen. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, definitely see it. It's awesome. So but you, I, but no, but you like this because the Akira bike's in it. That no, makes it good. No, that's the problem. <laughs> I should love this movie. I should, I should be like, I recognize all this stuff. But just because I recognize something. Doesn't and we talked about this earlier, but like it doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it like worthwhile. The characters are like, flat. The t- characters are flat. Honestly, I wanted to to um, Artemis. She's oh. a, she's a cool character in the book, and you follow her a little bit in the book. She's more interesting in Wade in the book and in the movie. She is. She should have been the main character. She should have been the main character. I would I would argue that was. And this is not one of those agenda things. It's just from a standpoint of I am I am bored by Wade in the movie. He is boring. He had literally nothing interesting about him book, at all. He's sort of like an an avatar for the reader, which yeah. happens a lot in YA books, which I, is fine. But there's a little bit of his personality in there too. That's what they were going for, I think, was to have him be like, "This is Link. This is just a guy who exists that you get to inhabit." But he could not have been a less interesting. So, what did you think about um, what's his name, Ben Mendelsohn? Ben Mendelsohn. I didn't even think he was very good in the movie. No, he's not. I'm Which not. is crazy. I mean, I think he's an inconsistent actor. I know. I mean, okay. his I wanted to performance. Talk about his performance is like director Krennic and Rogue One is incredible. One of my favorite villain performances yeah. recently. His performance in The Dark Knight Rises not very good. Not very good. Not very good. His performance in this movie not very good. Yeah, Bendo man. He's and not good in this movie. I'm gonna say a scene that he was in was uh, featured my least favorite bit of writing in the entire movie, which is where Wade Watts um, uh, is confronting him, and this is where we find out... Well, the movie kind of ruins a twist by having us find out ahead of time that he knows Wade Watts' identity. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> which I've heard that the book was different in that regard. Uh, go but, ahead, and I'll talk about it. Like, Wade Watts... Ben Mendelsohn's character, I don't even remember his name, he basically blows up the place where Wade Watts lives, thus killing his aunt and uncle that he lives with, right. who we have no reason to think that Wade Watts even likes. It was confusing to me whether or not he even lived in the same house. I really, fundamentally, just the way that it was filmed, I didn't understand where Wade Watts lived, and was he just going in like to the back of a trunk of a van to play the game? I didn't understand. But anyway, he says, you killed my mom's sister. <laughs> That's Not writing. you killed my aunt. Yeah, wh- that was so weird. What if Peter Parker said, "No, Dad's brother Ben, <laughs> don't die on me"? Like that was the weirdest, like a emotional hey, piece of writing. Dad's brother Ben, you killed my mom's sister. Oh, what a bone chilling thing to say. It was terrible. It's like he didn't take any ownership of it. No. It's like. I'm gonna get revenge for my mom's sister. And no, we also I'm get revenge for my aunt. And we also don't know anything about his mom. I guess that would have made sense if we knew that he loved his mom so much, but he didn't really like his aunt. You don't really know. Here's the thing: that his relationship with his aunt. It's exactly like Peter Parker. It's yeah. Aunt May. She's supposed to be Aunt May. They don't always get along, but she and it's not exactly a mother-son yeah. relationship, but it's very much a mother-son relationship. Oh. And when she dies in the book, yeah, that would be very sad. It's incredibly sad, and it's it's a it's a low point for Wade and the thing because one we get to know her as a character a little bit, not a whole lot, but like it's it's a sad moment for him. Also, I brought up Ben Mendelsohn because in in the book IOI they are incredibly threatening. 
They they you yeah. don't feel that in the movie at all. They're like a joke. He also movie. has in the, movie, the dumbest avatar I've ever seen in the history of the world. It's stupid. He looks like Clark Kent, Clark Kent I guess. Yeah. Was that a reference? I thought I looked. I was like, "Why is he look Clark Kent?" I didn't understand what they were going for, but it looked terrible. It, <laughs> it looked was awful. the worst. I thought he was just going to look like himself because he's boring and he's predictable. I thought he was just going to go into the the oasis and just basically look like a digitized version of himself. I thought he was going to go and try to look like way more cool and intimidating than he was in real life, which that would have worked too. I guess maybe that's what they were going for with giving him like a Clark Kent face. But I guess Clark Kent's supposed to look like kind of average. Average, and, yeah. See, I think either he looks like he looks in real life or how he he looks way cooler than he does in real life. Either one of those should work, but he doesn't look cooler here. But in the book, the uh, I think it's Shoto, he's in the they, – they basically are hunting these, these – it's like a bigger threat in the, in the book. They're hunting his group down like H and Artemis and Shoto and the other one. I forget the other one's name is, but Shoto and – the other one. I can't remember the name of the two Japanese kids. They're not brothers in the book, but they're like brothers. They're very close. They are brothers in the movie, aren't they? See, and I don't know. Okay, that's uh, a huge problem. Oh, go ahead. You here's finish, the thing. yeah. So the older one gets found out because it's all everything's anonymous. But they he gets found out and because of the threat that this group has in finding the keys and, and what it means, it's basically controlling the internet, essentially. Think about the power in that and to monetize that for a company. So they're pulling out the big guns, so to speak. So they hunt them down. They go to Japan while he's in his rig. And the rig is more – in the book, it's more like a bed. Like you can stand up and walk around, but it's more like you can't you can't just walk around freely in the world. You're on yeah. – on so if you want to stand up and walk around, you can do that, but you're on a, a treadmill. Like, like I thought show. that was cool. I thought that like, was you, a You don't good leave. Bit. Like when they saw people running in the streets in the movie, that was stupid. That doesn't happen in the book. That's dumb. You'd be running into buildings and things. You'd be running into everything because it'd have to be augmented reality for that to work. And that's yeah. not how it works in the Oasis. But that – again, that's another part I don't like about this movie. You're really making me hate this movie the more I talk about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? I had that ability. But they, they find him while he's in his rig – it kind of looks – the rigs kind of looks like um, – I'm going to call him Krennic, but that's not his name. Yeah, Krennic. It looks like Krennic's rig in Ready Player One. He gets picked up and thrown out of a window while he's still connected to the Oasis. It's a terrifying Oh, moment. that's a cool th- – It's a ter- – he, That's He's really in cool. like a, a, a high rise and he gets thrown like 50 floors down oh, that's while neat. he's still connected. So he's connected and everybody sees him and they're talking to him and it's just like the Matrix when the thing gets pulled out. Yeah. They're just done. It's ter- – so they're hunting them down. And in the book – like him getting like when they blow up Wade's um, aunt's trailer or whatever, it's a bigger. There's more stakes. I wanted I you in the book. You're scared of IOI because they will they will stop at nothing to get what they want. They murder. They will murder people. They have murdered people. They'll put you in those little slave pods, and the slave pods are basically like crippling debt. But it's more dystopian. See, the book is way more dark and darker and more dystopian. And yeah. I don't think it would be – you could do it in, in, the, in the movie without it being too dark. But I wanted more – I wanted to fear IOI. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be afraid for Artemis and Watts. Basically, yeah. I didn't feel afraid for them at all. Like, no. Those, it just was like, oh, they captured her. They didn't, we got to get her back. There didn't really feel like there was any stakes in that There's movie. no stakes. I mean – there was real, real stakes um, 
in the book. I, I literally fell asleep during the final like battle of the CGI it monsters. M- it was mind-numbing. Yeah. And in the book, when he finds out, when, when the bad guy finds out who Wade is, that's a scarier moment. Yeah, because you didn't know ahead of time. You didn't know ahead of time that he had found out. You knew that he was trying to get information on him. Right. But what happens is in the book is that they in the book it's actually written pretty well. He slips up, but and you're like, oh, that's weird. Like the the author doesn't make a note about it that he slipped up, but you're like, that's mm. different. Normally he does this when he does that. Oh well, not a big deal. You keep reading, and right. then you realize that that slip up earlier. There's a setup and there's a payoff. Oh, good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not a lot of setup. The one good one was the quarter when he had the quarter that gave him an extra life. That was cool. That's a lot in the awesome. movie. Way more awesome in the book. <laughs> That's way, way more awesome. Well, because, because you probably cared about the journey to that point You cared about the more. journey, and also they set it up very early on, and it's not a it's not a thing. It's just like, oh, cool, he got this thing. Because he collects all kinds of cool stuff on the way. Mm. Like, in the book, he has so much cool stuff, and everybody around him has so much cool stuff. And there's – within the – it's like a really great world. And you collect all this stuff, and some of it's basically like just like a trophy, and some of it has a practical use within the world. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's another thing. When he gets the key in the first one, basically he it's like he strikes it rich. And he gets a new apartment. He gets like he like he moves out of his That didn't make sense to me because I was in the movie because he got this key and all these coins and I was like, if it has real world currency, why is he still playing this yeah. game in his crappy well, place? He still has that place that he goes to, but that's basically like a backup place. And so when they when they go to blow up his um parents or his aunt's trailer that gets blown up too because i think he's still connected because he still has a connection Mm. and so basically he's masked his connection to go to that trailer that hidden trailer that he has and then but he's really in some high-rise apartment in downtown columbus is where he's at gotcha and it's got like full-on security and it's private and there's like a doorman and it's like it's hard to get into like he when he gets rich in the in the oasis he's rich for real in real life yeah all this stuff and it's pretty it's pretty awesome the way it develops and then from there there are other challenges like and also in the book he's like over overweight and he like spends a lot of time in the oasis like working out and training and to say, studying martial arts and fighting like he gets better at that you know through the oasis that was like another that. reason why i thought that like age and what's the Art- artemis mm-hmm. art artist the, Artemis is the uh, love interest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, they were both more interesting characters because you like the uh, H is a like a black woman who's in the in the movie in the, and yeah. she but she like pretends to be a, a guy in the game. Yeah, and which I w- I was really relieved by that twist because I was like, what is this crazy like deep black accent that this orc character had yeah. and she was like hey man what's going on and I was like no what is this and then yeah. when it turned out that she was disguising her and voice that's the way it is in the book I in felt the, a little bit better about in the it. book she's like real heavy set yeah um, and in the also in the book she's gay yeah because in the book they talk about girls well that girl is gay in real life so she yeah, probably she's, yeah, that she's was getting, the movie didn't want to tell you that but they're like eh, this lady's gay in real life so you implied. get it it's heavily implied in the movie in the book it's just flat out so because they talk about girls all the time because that's yeah. why they're, they're best friends oh, so they talk about girls they I talk see. about games yeah, they that's talk good. about holiday they talk about this yeah. so in the book it's like so when you when you when they meet up in the real world when the crisis happens and they all have to come together he meets her and it's a really kind of cool kind of thing because he's just like he doesn't know what to think 
Right, like, yeah. Whatever. But then he slowly realizes, this is still my friend. This is still my friend, yeah. That that relationship, even though it happened in a fake place, is what the relationship is what's real. The, you know what I mean? Yeah, the movie really flubbed the, like, the Asian kids, too. I didn't, oh, like, they were such... I didn't even understand that I was supposed to care about them as, as characters. And then they introduced them in oh, the real yeah. world, and I was like, oh, okay. I guess those two random people I've seen for two seconds are also They are humans. awesome in the book. Yeah. They're they, a great little duo, and they at first kind of are at arm's length with uh, Wade because they don't know how to feel about it. They don't know him. They, don't, they, they, they kind of just sort of all have to kind of work together. But their relationship grows, and you really – really really love those two characters and they're everybody is a distinct character like uh i would say h in the movie is close pretty close to in the book it's fleshed out a little bit more in the book artemis is better in the book and those those the asian kids in the movie they don't even have hardly any characters in there but in the book like the 11 year old is real quirky and funny yeah and the older one is more like a little bit more stoic but he like looks after the younger one, but he like has a sense of right and wrong and honor, um, and not in a not in a very generic stereotypical way. Yeah, more in the sense of I honor your skill level. You know what I mean? Like you're you're pretty awesome, and I look up to you, Wade, because you know Wade's not necessarily a Mary Sue because he screws up a lot in the book, but Wade's pretty awesome at a lot of different things. But yeah. Wade spend so much time in the oasis and in that world and obsessing about Halliday and like it's his hobby it's his life you know can i ask you a question yeah. what i was really confused by the fact that like all of the development of the oasis seemed to be happening in the 80s in the like flashbacks but then the movie takes place in 2045 and it was only in 2040 that Halliday died so was there like technology that extended his life yeah, see, that's another thing that's not explained at all. That was so confusing to he me. He started that in the 80s, and then it it's like... When he was like a the baby? The first part of the book is just explaining the world. Like that's what I've heard. That sounds terrible. Um, It's not as bad as you think. It's okay. not as bad as... Because you, you explain the world, and it explains how Wade interacts with the world. It's basically, you're, you're viewing things how... So Wade has to go to school, so it explains how Wade goes to school. And what happens in school when somebody says something or does something, and it does that. So to me, it's sort of interesting to, to figure out how the nuts and bolts of this world work. I can right. understand how it could be boring for somebody. Um, but I'm like, I'm IT guy, and that's my kind of thing. I love technology. So okay, I, I yeah. like that, that he explained how that worked because the first thing I would say was, well, that doesn't make sense because such and so and so. And it would take me out of the book. I think it's good world building, and it does – do a little bit of characterization but it's heavy on the world build, building and once it has the world set up and you understand how everything works and all of that stuff then it, it leads in, into that a little bit more but it's the again this it would be better as a mini series but can I tell you something about getting back to the movie because I'm talking about the book a lot getting back yes, to the movie I wasn't excited for this movie I liked, no. I enjoyed the book but I, when I heard it was going to become a movie I'm like it's not going to be good as a movie it's just not it didn't look good by any of the trailers it, the and trailers it... didn't look good I, I, just knowing the material I'm like unless they do something completely different and they basically write a whole new story but take the premise but see even the premise I don't think works well in a movie maybe a better writer could do it I don't know but it just it didn't work for me, and I wasn't excited. And I watched it, 
and it, I was bored. I was bored by the big dumb battle scene, and I'm like, yeah, it's all stuff I recognize, but I don't, I don't care with what's happening. I don't care what's what's going along. It didn't take the spirit of the book and translate it into the film, and that's what you have to do. You have to take the spirit of a thing and then, yeah, do an adaptation into a different media, and it didn't do that. And that's that's the biggest problem that I have with it as a movie. There were fun moments in it, but mostly it's just like sort of just fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I, mean, I think that it's I mean, I think it's an objectively not good movie like from a story standpoint, but no, or from a character standpoint, or a performance standpoint. I don't, know, I don't think the performances were good. I thought was it Mike Mark Ryloth or Ry- Rylance? Rylance? He won an Academy Award for that Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Movie. He's a great actor. I did not think he was good in this movie. I thought it was he embarrassing. He was channeling uh, George McFly from Back to the Future. Yeah, it was bad. I didn't like it. He should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> it was embarrassing, and I wonder if he thinks about how bad he did at night. Simon Pegg was was doing like he did actually a pretty good American accent. I will say, I, I think it sounded pretty good. It was weird coming because I've seen him in. Some it was stuff. really disorienting. It was weird for me, but it was fine. It was better was than good. Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent. Benedict Cumberbatch. Can we talk about Doctor Strange in another episode? Let's do that the next episode. <laughs> do you want to wrap this one up? We should wrap this all, one up. It's two. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, we're getting to an hour there. But is there anything – closing thoughts. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this movie? I think I was disappointed because it felt like this had the world's – like it had the possibility to be another really great Steven Spielberg like sci-fi movie. The world was really interesting. All of the technology and the uh, – just the general conceits for what the world was was really interesting and the way the world worked was interesting but it didn't seem interested in doing anything with its really interesting world but it also didn't seem interested in telling a good story within that world and it also didn't seem interested in just being like popcorn fun like it i mean i guess that's what it wanted to do but i didn't think it was fun i i actively became an angry person during the film and turned with a look of disgust to my wife several times throughout the course well, of the movie. I heard that she hates it. She also hated it. I I don't hate it, but it's not good. It's not a good movie. Yeah. That's and why we're fun-loving people who like to like things, and we did not <laughs> like this movie. No, but it's not good. You, you on all fronts, it failed, and you just said I that. I think That's so. What you just said. You said on a writing character aspect, on a story aspect – on a world aspect, on a popcorn fun movie, those are like it's like when you go see a big dumb blockbuster movie like that, it's got to have one of those. At can least I for it to be watched like enjoyable? Can I compare? Because I obviously am a defender of the Star Wars prequels that people have listened to uh, our podcast, which you know I have to live with my decisions. But I think those movies there are things that are interesting about them, like the story. It's trying to do something interesting in the story and. If it doesn't work for you, that's one thing. But I like that it was trying something. I don't think this movie was really trying to do anything. And it didn't succeed at the very low bar that it was trying to achieve. I agree with that. I know my face doesn't say it, but because no. I'm making weird faces right no, now. No, he, he's very I'm tr- conflicted. I'm trying to think. I'm like, are the Star Wars prequels more fun than Ready Player One? And I'm like... Did, it, did anything in this movie I, have something that was more compelling than the Darth Maul fight? I would watch... The Star Wars prequels, probably not Attack of the Clones, but I would probably watch uh, Phantom Menace again for Pod Race and uh, the Darth Maul scene at the end. Yeah, 
I think so. I mean, there just, wasn't anything just, that was like there wasn't an annoying side character in the movie, but there was there were none of the two characters. Movies, but I would say I got more fun out of the prequels than I did Ready Player One. You can enjoy Ewan McGregor's performance unironically yeah. and really enjoy what he's doing. Well, he's the best part of the title of the clone. And you but. can yeah, and you can enjoy the really good villain in Palpatine. I like Dooku. Yeah, and Dooku's really good. This like movie didn't have a good. I think if it had a better villain, it might have been better. Yeah. If it had a better anything, it would have been better. That's just how movies work. Honestly, if an aspect of it is better, then it would be better. Yeah. Honestly, it had a lot of things it needed to work on. They rushed this in production because, honestly, there's a there's a time it's frame rushed. on this. Because, yeah, well, there's a time frame. 80s nostalgia, nostalgia is running out. 80s nostalgia is done. We've done it to death. Now it's time for 90s nostalgia. Yeah, this came out in 20... You know what? Also, okay, you know what my tiny like closing thought is it felt like this would be 80s nostalgia, and then they realized how popular 90s nostalgia is, and they're like, ooh, can we throw in a GoldenEye reference in Iron Giant for 90s yeah. people? Okay, we're good. We're good. We got 90s now. Yeah, That's fine. Good. That's we're enough. Good. That's enough. <laughs> See, it's, it's a weird movie, and it's a weird book because – it's nostalgia for kids who have never experienced it, but that's kind of what the book is about. Yeah, it's this about, movie's not about anything. It's about sharing that that love for something with the next generation of what they loved with with the next generation. Well, this, which I can get behind that, and it's fine in the book. Well, what's this generation going to pass on if all it has is reprocessing exactly. the previous generations? That's boring. That's boring. Lame. This, it's yeah, it's lame and it's lazy. This movie, I don't really recommend it. I, it was fine, but it, parts of it are, are a slog. Rent it, and you might enjoy it. Yeah, rent it. It's a good rent. You might enjoy it if your brain's small. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And on that note, we're gonna end that, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys, and thanks, Jake, for coming on the show. Of Appreciate course, and we're gonna have you officially on the show um, for a full episode. But oh yeah, good. absolutely. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. See you guys. See ya. You know what movie I want to talk about on your actual show? It's Cherry 2000. Oh, okay, okay. I have feelings about that movie. I um, do too. Okay, we won't talk about it. Yeah, we, we won't. won't talk about we'll it. Save it for we'll the show. save it for the show. We'll Genuinely, show. I've seen that movie many times, and I uh, really want to talk about it. I won't say if I watched it many times because I liked it. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh, now you're killing me. It's now a movie I that wait. I always want to show people, and like you will never believe this movie. Okay, so did you listen to our episode about the 80s stuff? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's just, we did a small episode about what makes 80s movies so great and why do people think 80s movies are so great. And we just had a discussion about it, and it's basically just, they just freaking took chances, man. I think that's true. Yeah. Where are the chances? That's true. Really I love true. 80s stuff, but I'm, I am tired of, of 80s stuff. I'm tired of it. I lived through it. I love it. I own it all on DVD or Blu-ray or digital yeah. or whatever. Can we move on? I want new things. Yeah. I, it's it's so strange to me that the majority of stuff that's popular right now is just like I don't know. it's all it's all 80s crap or redone crap or 90s crap. And I'm just yeah. like, can we have new things? You probably can't bang out a, a mini soap.